Gulick, and welcome to this episode of East Coast Hustle. My guest today is a badass corporate leader with an amazing and measurable track record of success in our industry. What makes her stand out, though, is her authenticity and candor on an unusually open level when compared to the usual DC exec, if I must say so myself. I find it magnetizing, and it really sparked my curiosity. How is this woman so utterly confident and so comfortable in her skin? Why is she so willing to share her scars? So I invited her to the show because I believe her story is not one that you would expect. And she's one of the few that's brave enough to share it openly. Stephanie joined Net Impact Strategies in January 2016 and assumed the Chief Operating Officer role beginning in 2020. In her first four years at Net Impact, Stephanie doubled the company's revenue and guided its growth to a successful mid-tier business. She is the first in the family to achieve higher education, and after working fervently at building a career, she found herself in her 40s with a failed business, failed marriage, and no money in the bank. As too many women across all levels experience, she struggled against the sexism and glass ceiling in adulthood after surviving sexual abuse in childhood. She was labeled as a dumb blonde based on her appearance and accused of obtaining her vice president title role because of a relationship with the owner. Undeterred and undistracted, Stephanie continued persevering and built a reputation as an extraordinary leader who led Net Impact's interests. She has been an integral part of Net Impact's accelerated growth into the ninth largest woman-owned business in Greater Washington. Stephanie, thank you for being here today. Of course. I am so, so honored to have you here. You truly, as I mentioned, are one of those women that is just so badass. You're so <laughs> badass. You're a tough, shrewd businesswoman. I think you said that you're called Terminator in, in some, some uh, schools, but at the same token, <laughs> Your story is so amazing and you're so open in discussing it. So I'm gonna dive right in Great. on something, okay? You shared this quote with us and I'd like to share this with our audience. You said, divorce hurt my family and I built walls around my heart that impacted my personal relationships, my friends, coworkers, and more. It took me years to realize what I was doing and how to be vulnerable again. How are you vulnerable again? How did you get here? I just got back to me. I've, I've always been vulnerable, authentic, transparent. Those mm -hmm. are words that people have used about me. But when you cause people you love pain, um, you, you, know, you shy away and you put walls up around your heart and your life and you just, I'm gonna do my job and I'm going to mm -hmm. um, stay within my boundaries. And then, you know, people forgive and um, you get back to who you are. And that's who I am. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the circumstances surrounding your divorce? Yeah. I mean, we were going through a really hard time. Uh, we had moved away and um, I was traveling to support the family Monday through Friday. Oh my. And it was the first time I'd found myself in that situation, owning business, but being the sole provider and having to be away from my daughters. It was really hard. Oh, and sure. you know, I just became vulnerable and had an affair. 
and wow. it was very difficult on my family, and I don't think I could forgive myself. My husband would have forgiven me. I couldn't forgive myself. Oh my so gosh. I really pushed everybody in my life away for a short period of time until I got myself together and learned to forgive myself. Was that hard? And did you find, it's interesting because you hear about, oh, men cheating, and I, I don't know that I get to hear that many stories about the woman being in that circumstance. Um, did you find that your family and others judged you? Like, how did you get to that point of forgiving yourself? Oh my God, of course they did. <laughs> um, well, you don't hear about it because I think we're harder on ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to share because we're very embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And it was a mistake I made. I think I was depressed at the time being away from my family and I compensated, you know, after work, happy hours, a lot of drinking, <laughs> made some mistakes and, um, you know, I ended up over the years, tried different things, but in mm -hmm. the end, I think it was a life coach who helped me um, forgive myself and, and do things differently. Well, clearly you've done it. Because I mean, you're here on camera talking about this. Again, I when I say that I'm in awe of you, I truly am. Because I've walked into networking events and rooms where you're there and you might be the only woman in the room, the only other woman <laughs> in the room. And you just hold your own, and I just love your grace and your confidence. Thank you. Why shouldn't we? Yes, absolutely. Um, professionally, Stephanie, what was the toughest moment that you faced, and how did it impact you overall? You know, I think I was finding success after all of the challenges personally, and I was doing really well. And I had a new leader come into an organization and really question not only me as being capable, um, but my ethics, who I was. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and um, ended up replacing me in my <sighs> position with a another, honestly, I'm just gonna be honest, and you guys Please. can cut it if you need to, <laughs> but an older white man who um, ultimately failed in the role. Wow. Um, and it, it was incredibly painful. Oh my. And um, I needed to find my own path after that, and so after, 12, 13 years with the company. That was after 12 to 13 mm -hmm. years this happened? I um, That hurts. I resigned and um, went looking for a new home, a new place to grow a small business into a full and open business. Were you scared? I was petrified. <laughs> I had faith in myself. Um, I'll be honest, I took a huge pay cut. Okay. And... Um, for a small stake in the company because I knew we were gonna blow it out of the water. There was zero question. Know? How did you know? Where'd that confidence come from, Stephanie? I was teaming up with another brilliant woman. Okay. And um, I knew that my work ethic and I knew what I was doing. I was confident that mm -hmm. I was gonna do this again and it, it's working. It's going great. It's amazing. So on this show, we always talk to people, guests like yourselves, that we say, when you have the hustle, you're kind of cut from a different cloth. Um, and I think, I mean, there's so many aspects of your story. I think we were talking on cam off camera about how your house burned down when you were nine. You suffered uh, sexual abuse as a child. I mean, there's so many things. And then after 12 to 13 years to be replaced and your ethics question, that hurts. Yeah. That really, really hurts. But the hustle DNA is that, right? that you come back fighting, and we often talk about this, isn't the best revenge being successful? It is, <laughs> it is. I, I'm never gonna be the smartest in the room, you know, there'll always be more, but I hustle, yeah. and I wanna make things happen, and I'll keep going 
until I get there. And you know, Kavita and I often, who's our founder, um, we call it perseverance. Okay. Right? Like, you know, no matter what happens, we're gonna persevere. And okay. we just keep at it. And we talk about hustle, oddly enough. So Do when you? you told me, How perfect. You told, when you told me the name <laughs> of the show, I loved it because we have to hustle. It is competitive in the GovCon marketplace. It's getting worse. And I don't find yeah. it more competitive with other brilliant women or other brilliant people. I find it incredibly competitive against other great companies that are doing innovative things. Yeah. And I want to be out there and I want to do it first and I want to find ways to solve problems yes. that the clients are going to talk about us. Yeah, and you've got that fire in your eyes. Like for sure, you have it, you know? And I've been at these uh, CEO boardroom dinners with you where you have introduced <laughs> yourself. And the first thing you say is, I'm sitting between two of my biggest competitors right now. And <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> but you love it. It motivates you. It doesn't demotivate does. you. It does. I've beaten them and they've beaten me. But uh, we remain friends and you keep going and you, you look for the next gig to, to do something great. Were you always like this, Stephanie? Like, is this uh, like a nature versus nurture question? Like, is that just you? Did somebody come along in your life? Did you ever experience any times where you were insecure or unsure? Did somebody pivot you on your journey somehow? I, I have not always been secure. There's, I find it hard to believe. I know. You know, <laughs> when people meet me, they're like, you're so confident. That's not true. I think mm -hmm. that my father um, mm -hmm. had a lot to do with who I am. Mm -hmm. And we could go um, and mingle with every class of society that there was and mm -hmm. help others that were so in need, but I was never phased by talking to the richest or the wealth, you know, the wealthiest or the classiest, the most powerful, person, you know, the most powerful people. Yeah, he just taught me that we're all the same. Yeah, and you can relate on so many different levels. And I, I really believe that it came from him. That's amazing. Um, and and also through adversity. Yes, you teach yourself how you're going to come out of it. You teach yourself um, to be better. Right. And so every time something's bad's happened to me, I just, I, I'm going to be better. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. That's something really important that you touched on. And I really believe, I don't want to single out women, but there are many people that struggle in the face of um, power, right? Like you feel the power and what you just said about your father teaching you to kind of look past that. I always use the movie The Matrix as my defining moment. There's like a scene where Neo realizes he's the one and he sees the agent and he can read the code. Mm. So for me, I, I mean, it hit me like a lightning bolt. I'm like, that's it, I'm the one. We're all, cut. it's the same code. If I can see through the code, then it's not as intimidating or scary anymore. And that's just a really, really important skill set to learn that own the room. Walk in. It doesn't matter if it's full of, you know, politicians, men, women. Just own it. Um, how did going back in time? How much can you share about the childhood sexual abuse that you faced and how it's impacted you? Yeah, I've never talked about it before. There's a few people in my life, of course, I've confided in. Um, but um, one of my grandfathers and my brother um, both had sexually abused me on and off growing up. Oh my And God. so it was both family. And um, my parents were amazing. They never knew they would, you know, I'm actually thankful my dad isn't alive to even hear this. Um, it would kill him. But you know, um, when you're really young, I, when, when I was growing up and becoming sexually active, 
I wondered if it was my fault, right? Because people oh. say, oh my God, you're so pretty and, and you're, you know, I was developed early and, yeah. you know, I thought that, oh, it was my fault that they were attracted to me. And you read that and I, I have heard people say, oh my God, that's ridiculous, you know, but it's not. You don't know any better and you don't know why they picked you and why that happened mm -hmm. to you. So, um, frankly, it naturally stopped and um, I was never hurt. I was never, you know, so many people have it way worse than I did. I don't want to make this seem um, like I was injured and things like that. I was mentally injured mm -hmm. and it just took a long time to recover and, and know that I was enough. You mm -hmm. know, I always doubted myself. I just find this utterly remarkable. Like, did you ever want to tell your parents about it? Um, I tried one time um, at my grandfather's funeral, oddly enough, probably what a terrible place for my father to try and hear something like that. Um, and my grandfather was an alcoholic and my dad said something really stupid um, mm. that he would have never guessed. But he said, um, I tried to tell him and he goes, oh my God, he probably thought you were grandmother laying there. And I was like, you know, oh, my he was, gosh. you know, he was an alcoholic. So, yeah, maybe, but maybe not. It happened a lot of times. And, um, you know, maybe not, Dad. Um, but, but you know, he never, I didn't go any further after that. Mm -hmm. I sort of blew it off and said, yep, you're right, Dad. And he was just drunk. And so my dad never really knew um, the extent, the extent of, of what really happened. I just can't get over you. Like, you're just, it's just amazing. I, it, it's still, I still struggle to understand how you have this amazing con confidence, but it also sounds like forgiveness. Have, have you forgiven them? Yes, I have. Okay. Yes, and and my brother over the years apologized, and um, you know was devastated at his actions as a as a teen teenager. Oh. Um, but you know, I thought it would make me a better parent. It really just made me overprotective of both of my daughters, Aww. and I was definitely that helicopter mom. <laughs> I've come to find out that I was way overprotective of my daughters. <laughs> so you've even gotten over that. Like you've been able to kind of chill and take a step back and say, hey, just because this happened to me, I don't need to overcompensate with my children. Absolutely. I already overcompensate with my children. I will not do that with my grandchildren. What advice would you give to somebody else who's going through exactly this and is too scared to say anything? I would probably say to get therapy. That's the one thing I regret. Yeah. is not getting therapy and getting help, somebody to talk to so about it. So you got it. through this without therapy? I did. I ended up having a life coach later in life, but that was in my 40s. Oh, um, Stephanie, so I, you really coached yourself through this. Yeah, but that's not good. You know, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think I would tell somebody to get help. And um, I tried a couple therapists, didn't like them, and would move on and give up. Yeah. Um, that's where I did give up. And the more I learn about some of the younger generation, I see them getting therapists. And yeah. if they don't like the person, they keep going until they find somebody they really connect with. Right. And I would love to, to uh, that would be my piece of advice, is just to get help so that it doesn't take so long. Exactly. Uh, you brought up something else interesting um, in, in your uh, answers to us pre-show. Um, this is interesting. This might be a little sensitive, but... There's all forms of discrimination, right? We talk about being discriminated against, you know, because of race, gender. Um, I want to pull out something kind of interesting that I don't think a lot of people talk about. And that is that um, you grew up in this industry as an attractive woman. 
right? And people judged you for it. And they questioned, well, how did she get into that role? I mean, she couldn't have been qualified for it. So that's not to say, oh, poor little pretty girl. You know, people don't like to hear that. But there's something to that, right? Like, do you think that you get judged in a professional industry when you're attractive? I think everyone gets judged, mm -hmm. right? Regardless of what position they were in. In my situation, I was doing well. Uh -huh. um, moving from private industry, I worked for Marriott for a very long time. And I was learning GovCon and I was having some real success. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was promoted to vice president, out of my larger peer group, um, there was definitely talk. And I unfortunately overheard the talking. Mm. Um, that I must be sleeping with the owner of the company. Oh, and um, I was just like, okay. How dare you? Um, but that, you talked about being motivated. Yeah. I do think that some of those comments and thoughts drove me to find a woman in business. Well, I guess I could sleep with her too, but <laughs> what the heck? Um, hey, why not? <laughs> you know, it, it just motivated me. And to be honest, I think even the people that were so judgmental of me back then, yeah. I, in their own way have come back and apologized and I'm very close with with several of them now and forgiven that you are because really we all grow we all grow person. you've forgiven but I guess forgiving is really uh, for yourself yeah it's letting it go yeah it's not I, so I much had, for yeah I didn't need to think about that anymore I was doing well and I was confident that I knew what I was doing gosh just remarkable. Um, yeah, like I said, the best revenge is success. And it feels so good when people come back and admit it to you. And you also made a good point, too. People get judged for everything. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not the only one, right? I mean, yeah, people get judged, unfortunately, in our society all the time. And all I think we time. need to take a deep breath uh, before we immediately jump to conclusions. I think we have so much we can learn from you. Um, what is the one thing, Stephanie, that you wish you had known when you were 25 years old? <laughs> it's probably, you could probably figure it out, um, but really should have given myself a break. Um, okay. I am incredibly difficult on myself. Uh, my parents were never difficult on me. Um, I was a good student. Mm -hmm. um, people are not difficult on me, you know? Like my husband's hard on good yourself. To me. I'm just so difficult on myself. I'm why you know always challenging myself. Something I'm doing is not good enough. I didn't spend enough time preparing. I didn't. I could have given better answers. I could have you know whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to give ourselves a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. um, Just to put things in perspective, yeah, right? Sometimes like what the the hustle is important, but not to the point that we're not enjoying it anymore. Right. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a great way of putting it. Um, I really love my job Good and it is because awesome. I hustle. Right. I mean, yeah. I have fun and I work really hard and my family asks me why I work so hard. And when I say I'm going to retire, they're like, mm -hmm, yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, ha I am learning to let the little things go. OK, um, they're not as important and try to focus on the big strategic rocks mm -hmm. because everybody wants your time. Everybody, mm -hmm. you know, you can sit down, I'm sure, and spend <laughs> five hours on email. Oh, absolutely. But it will be there at the end of the day. And if there's something that I have a lot of energy around in the morning, I need to work on that. And I really try to, to do that now. That's smart. I, and I've actually mentioned, I think this came up on another show that um, my next question for you is balancing, 
right? Mm. Being a mom, being a grandmother. <laughs> um, and what that's like to be a successful executive. I mean, you're the chief operating officer. It's not, it's not a joke. You've got a big, big role to play. There are a lot of expectations on your shoulders. The one thing that I had um, said in a previous show um, to one of our guests was that I always felt that I am a better mom because I work. Right? I mean, especially if you love your job. And it's like the happiness that it brings you, that is something that your spouse and your children experience. But there's a balance, right? Like to what extent does your job kind of become your mistress or your addiction? Well, as another example, at 25, I didn't know that. So uh -huh. I always felt guilty when I was at work. Uh -huh. And when I was home, I felt guilty that I wasn't accomplishing anything <laughs> at work. It's so a no-win. Win. It was yeah. not right. But now when I look back, I've, I've even told my daughter this, who just had her first child, she needs to be a working mom. And I just said, no. Oh, you it. said that to her? Yeah, I said, you know, <gasps> just accept it now. Know okay. you're doing the right thing. You're building a great life for him. And Aww. accept it and don't think another thing of it. Yeah. Um, find a great situation, don't get me wrong. Right. Because work, we, we spend too much time at work not to be happy. Yes. Um, but balance is really important. And so one of the favorite things I have right now in my balance is I am I'm, I'm given the luxury to support her. She has to be on site. She's in the military. She has to be on site every day. Okay. And we've been looking for daycare, a good daycare situation. And it's, I was feeling terrible. Again, not giving myself a break going, I'm just not, this is tough. Yeah. And I went to, to my CEO, PV, um, and I apologized one day and he goes, what do you mean? Why? And I was just like, I'm really trying to juggle everything. And he said, Stephanie, I'm not worried about you. And um, wow, what a great guy. you're gonna remember this, the moment. You're gonna remember these moments the rest of your life. And I'll be honest, he changed my perspective after that. And my husband chips in and my other daughter chips in and we're all getting it done and we've hired somebody starting June 1st. So it's all great, but it, it is a balance. Yeah. Um, I don't know how moms do it these days with the added social media yeah. and all of the other pieces <sighs> that I didn't have to worry about when my girls were growing up. Right. But it is a balance and it's still a balance. I thought that that would end, it doesn't end. You know, right. it's, it's always gonna be a balance. Well, you're lucky too. I mean, you're, you're a, a young, Grandma, you're able to, you're going to cherish this forever. And how wise and kind of, of your leadership to recognize that, to free you up, knowing that, hey, you're not going to drop the ball. They don't have to worry about you. No, I mean, I'm you're really lucky. Self-motivated. More of East Coast Hustle after this brief timeout from our friends at GovTech. For all of my friends in the government contracting business, I want to tell you about a company I know well, led by one of our guests on East Coast Hustle, Kevin Fitzpatrick at GovTech. Kevin and his team are experts in liability issues that face the GovCon industry. GovTech designs and consults in liability insurance specifically for federal contractors, providing coverage required by the US government. Every industry has unique insurance needs and GovTech knows how to protect you from unforeseen exposure to risk when contracting with the government. Reach out to Kevin and his team and save 40% at GovTechInsurance.com. Go to the experts who know GovCon. You're listening to East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, and today's special guest, Stephanie Wilson. Tell us something that surprised you about becoming successful. <laughs> um, 
I, I honestly, this is a really hard question because <laughs> I don't know what success is. Every time someone tells me I'm so oh, successful. Oh, stop it, you. So humble. Really? I just, I keep raising the bar, I guess. Yeah. Um, I used to think getting a VP title was really important to me because I, I wanted it. the recognition. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I wanted more money. Mm-hmm. Right? We all want money to support our family and, and feel good about what we're doing. Um, but like when I took that huge pay cut to yeah. go to Net Impact, I think I wanted something different then. I mm-hmm. wanted to prove to myself that I was going to be really good yes. at my job. Um, but listen, you know, I continue to raise the bar. Um, I don't know that there's one thing that surprised me about being successful. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was nominated for the Chief Operating Officer Awards last week. It was a lot of fun. And the person presenting said, wow, this is one of the hardest jobs in the company. And actually, out of that whole event, that's what I remembered most about what I'm saying, because I really care about the, you know, um, the number the employees we have yes. and finding them growth opportunities so they don't have to leave right to feel good they don't have to leave to find new opportunities right and so my entire goal is building a company and a culture that people want to stay mm-hmm. and and drive their career and we try to hire people with hustle yeah people that want to do well but but I mean it's it's also you're creating the environment because absolutely. Listen, We've all been there. I would say there's so many companies out there that do not get that piece right, and the hustlers are out. There's no way. They could have the fire in their belly, but if the environment isn't conducive to that fire, we've all been there. Yep. We're out. People weed themselves out, usually, if they're not a good fit. Yes. So um, what are some, let's shift gears to uh, the executive role. What advice, without giving away your secret sauce, but what advice would you give to another entrepreneur trying to you know, double, triple the size of their business in GovCon, or just in general? Like, what is the secret sauce? What, what have you learned that worked? I mean, I think we all know in this business is the people I knew and the talent. I mean, it's yeah. hard not, everything I've achieved in my career is because of who I surround myself with. Let's mm-hmm. be realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, Surround yourself with talent, build the environment. We work really hard and we have a lot of fun. <laughs> and I'm sure that's no surprise to you. And, and you know, keep people close that you trust. Yeah. And that's what I do. Right. Um, I'm also incredibly transparent with my team. If you're not going to be successful with me. You let them know. I let them know. And, uh, you know, I've been told that maybe I'm too transparent sometimes. Um, <laughs> Because I want people to go find a job that will better suit them and have that opportunity to do so. Yes. But it is about the people and who I surround myself with. Um, This GovCon industry, it takes a village. I call them my tribe. Mm -hmm. And I have to have my tribe or I wouldn't be successful. Right. No, that's a great answer. And um, it probably hurts your feelings a little bit, this whole uh, chief termination officer or whatever. (laughs) What was the title? Oh, my God, she's going to kill me. She dubbed me. (laughs) Kavita has a very difficult time with staffing (laughs) conversations. So that was something I took on early. And um, jokingly once, she called me the chief firing officer. (laughs) Um, But um, not a title I relish. But most of the time when I've let somebody go, they've thanked me or given me a hug because it wasn't the right job for them. Um, we've been really lucky at Net Impact. We haven't had to let people go in mass quantities for contracts ending or getting beat. Mm-hmm. It's really about finding people in roles that they're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of our secret sauce. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, so 
a lot of entrepreneurs and business leaders, they don't like the conflict. So I think no. nobody likes it. You don't like no. it, but, but you're tough and you wear that hat. And ultimately these people are thanking you for it afterwards. Right. Um, do you have any tips that you could share? Because I know there's so many wonderful business owners out there that have the vision, but they don't have the gut to really weed out that, um, to bring in the new talent, make room for the new talent that's going to take their business to the next level. Like what, what advice can you share? I was net impacts first, I think full-time overhead hire. Oh, really? And I know that had to be really difficult for a business owner who has just done a phenomenal job building mm -hmm. a base business to bring somebody in and trust them with rates and financials and, you know, all of our IP. Mm -hmm. And I think being patient and finding the right person is the, the number one most critical thing. Okay. But then you have to turn things over. Mm -hmm. um, fail fast. You know, mm -hmm. if it's not going to work, figure it out really quick and move on but be patient. Um, I have some business executive positions open to run the delivery part of the business right now. And people are like, how are you doing this? Like I have over 20 direct reports right now and I'm, I won't settle. Yeah. We're going to find the right people that wanna grow this business full and open and grow their career. Has it made it, has COVID actually made that easier because of the virtual aspect? Like are you now broadening the net in terms of where you're recruiting from? Yes, in most positions. Um, I think um, we're doing some interesting things like related to COVID, we, we're opening an innovation hub in another mm -hmm. part of the country. You know, we're doing things that are innovative where we can be remote. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it's made staffing great people mm -hmm. any easier. Um, it's widened our pool, but I think it's still a really tough market, unprecedented. Okay in our industry to find good technical talent. Absolutely unprecedented in any time I've ever had. What, what do you attribute that to? I don't know. You, mm -hmm. I, you know, this is something I don't have the answers to. I mean, I, we all know unemployment's low. We know developers mm -hmm. are negative unemployment in the DC area, and then we continue to see more um, large, bus not mm -hmm. large businesses moving their headquarters. I think Boeing was just announced moving mm -hmm. to Arlington and Amazon, and we have Nestle and Capital One. And more competition you know, we live for in the most same brilliant area yes but the competition for technical talent mm -hmm. is getting harder mm -hmm. and so as a company we are trying to be more creative by unlimited certifications in your field Ooh. you know we'll pay for your wow. certifications whatever you want to do and people will stick around yeah and 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 they you know we we hired a brilliant person to the, to train and get people certified she makes people excited to mm -hmm. learn and we're going to build this innovation hub. So we'll grow our own. If we can't hire, we'll add some water and yeah. you know, we'll just Fertilizer. grow our own. That's right, that's right. More of East Coast Hustle after this brief timeout. On this show, I never promote executive leaders and companies that I don't know well. My friends and colleagues at Accelerate Solutions are truly gifted experts across the company's three service areas enterprise security, digital transformation, and strategic consulting. Accelerate optimizes efficiency and effectiveness and enhances the security of America's physical and cyber infrastructure, as well as personnel. Agencies as large, complex, and important as the FBI depend on Accelerate. To learn more, visit AccelerateSolutions.com. That's X. C-E-L-E 
R-A-T-E solutions.com. You're listening to East Coast Hustle with your host, Reba Magulik, and today's guest, Stephanie Wilson. If you were speaking to uh, 20-somethings coming out of college right now, and they said, wow, I want to work for Stephanie Wilson, I want to work for Net Impact Strategies, um, two things. What advice would you give them to get ready for that first job? What do they have to have? And the second thing is, what's like an interview question that you ask to separate the wheat from the chaff? <laughs> you know, to get ready, I think people need to be able to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, I always joke with people, I went to JMU, and I always joke because the people I interview at a JMU, I don't know what they do different, maybe a lot of team uh, projects or whatever, but they can always communicate. Oh, and I love that. Okay. And I do think it's important when you come in and I'm putting you on a client side or in front of a client yes, that represent. you can communicate and represent um, the company, yes. how we want to be represented. Mm -hmm. um, so I think communication is critical. Mm -hmm. Writing, in writing, and verbal oh, communication. Couldn't agree more. Um, and then the second part of your question for an interview question, I don't know, you know, by the time people make it to me, and for the most part, I think we know they have the capability. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's about, you know, how much are you gonna hustle? What is your fit? Yes. Do you fit our culture? Yes. Um, and for me, I want people to come and stay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm asking them, um, you know, I'll ask them for a difficult situation, which is a normal interview question, you know, that you've been in at work or whatever. But when I ask um, what their outcome was, I'm asking them to explain to me how they thought through it. I just want to know how they thought through their answer. And there's yes. no right answer, there's no wrong answer. But our core values at the company, the last one is do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And when I'm really struggling mm -hmm. with a C level decision that's going to impact three or 400 people, mm -hmm. I have frequently pulled up the website and sat. Not that I don't know them, mm -hmm. but I, they, they give me a framework when I'm struggling I see. Um, to help answer my questions and, and help me think through difficult problems. That's brilliant. So, um, so you've had your share of judgment, unfair judgment, discrimination. Um, two questions there too. How would you react today? Because you're obviously, you're a badass leader. You're a proven entity, but you know, in a different environment, <laughs> a different place where maybe somebody doesn't know you and perhaps uh, they uh, kind of underestimate you. How do you react to it now? And then the second part of the question is, what advice do you have for others who are going through judgment and discrimination today? Unfair judgment and discrimination. Yeah. I like to be underestimated today. What? Yeah, it's Why? Um, because it's fun to prove It gives wrong. me the opportunity <laughs> to be stealth and, and come in and win a nice piece of business. The dark horse. That's right. So I don't mind that anymore. And I um, I pretty much lay low. This interview is not the norm. Yeah. Um, as you know from me. But, um, you know. So you, you don't crave the limelight? No, no. I've had plenty. I don't need any more. Um, but... You know, your question is still interesting to me because I don't, like, what would I tell people now? It's yeah. a different world. Yeah. Um, and I've watched my daughters handle things very differently okay. than I handled them, although I don't think I taught them that. Okay, let's So I think this. society is changing our children, and obviously mine are a lot older than yours, but I'm so proud of them Aww. to see them react Whereas I would have walked away or handled the advances or whatever the yes. situation was, yes. they would never. 
they would put you in your place wow. and never let you treat them like that. And so, you know, I would really like to see that continue in our society, mm -hmm. just for the for women in particular, but anybody that's unfairly judged mm -hmm. to stand up for themselves mm -hmm. and share a little bit about who they are and what they stand for. And, you know, I don't, this is just gonna sound so awful, but I have enough friends. Yeah, um, no, no, no. This, I I'm so yes. sorry if this comes across terrible. Um, I really treasure the, the small group that I do have in my life. Quality. And um, I'm not out to make friends with everybody. And if people don't agree with me, it's okay. Yeah. But um, I'm happy to stand up. I have a lot more tools in my tool belt now. Yes. The life coach did teach me that. I have a lot more tools to handle confrontation or to handle sharing my opinion or saying no or whatever the, mm -hmm. the situation is. So if you're being unfairly judged and you don't want a confrontation or you don't want to approach it, get out. Mm -hmm. You know, don't stay in that situation. I stayed in situations so much longer mm -hmm. than I ever needed to. Interesting. And I would never do that again, ever. Right. And, um, Anyone that works around me has known and has seen that in me now. I'm a very different person. You're, you're a great role model. You actually kind of answered a question that, it's not a live feed question, but someone in our industry asked me to ask this question, not specifically of you, but of any guest on the show. But um, in our industry, in business development, in government contracting, lots of conferences, overnight trips, et cetera, um, this particular woman asked me, she said, I need some advice on how to avoid getting hit on during these conferences. Like I'm a married woman, I'm at this conference on business, but like people start drinking and they think they can hit on you. Yeah. Like what, um, how do you gracefully handle such a situation? I mean, I think just honesty, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, everybody's out having a good time for the most part. Yes. People are not genuinely trying to right. cross, you know, the line. cross the line. Um, you know, <laughs> high school superlatives, I was was voted biggest flirt. You know, <laughs> I love people, right? Yeah. Um, so in general, when somebody's, you know, having cocktails and we're giggling and we're touching, I'm sure it could be misconstrued. Right. Um, but I do, I have told many, you mm -hmm. know, no thank you as the night ended and there was, I mean, some confusion. an ask or confusion. Yeah. And I think you just have to be clear with where you stand because it ends, you know, they'll, they'll stop asking. Yes. Um, all right, Stephanie, so I've got to ask you, what does the hustle mean to you? The hustle means, wow, this is really hard. Um, you know, I want to be successful. Yeah. I want to win and I want to be happy. Yes. But I'm going to win. I love to win. I love There's a story talk. at Net Impact one time <laughs> we won a $100 million full and open contract. Yeah. And I screamed so loud that the power in the whole building went out. No, it didn't. I swear. What? And obviously it was completely coincidental, <laughs> but I've used that forever. <laughs> and I, but you know, also cry when we lose. I, mean, I take everything very personally when I put my heart and soul yeah. into something. And hustle is, is winning. Yes, it's wanting to win. And making and, it happen. Yes, yes, right? Because there's so many visionaries out there, but uh, they're a dime a dozen, right? right? The person that can actually translate a vision into reality yeah. through whatever, thick yeah. and thin, pushing So I guess it's winning and making it happen, making yeah. my dreams come true. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I I'm still working it. on it. I'm a late bloomer. Oh my gosh, I hope every <laughs> single last one of your dreams comes true. <sighs> and it looks like you're already on the path. So, so. I'm gonna close with this. I would like you to tell me and the audience about Net Impact Strategies and its mission. 
And also, how is it really unique in this industry? Yeah, you know, it's hard in this industry, GovCon, everybody's out saying they're going to modernize your IT environment, but we are selling a digital modernization story. What does that mean? So, you know, we care about user adoption. Mm -hmm. We care that... Um, you get the the care and feeding to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So we're experts in the modernization, but we're also as experts in ITSM, change management, mm-hmm. the adoption, the UI UX. What does it feel like mm-hmm. um, to use it? Um, we make sure we know who our customers are. Okay. And we make sure that they are going to be successful. Uh, too many times, I think systems get implemented in our industry and they're never used. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as a taxpayer, none of us want that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I joined Net Impact. We've had 600% headcount growth. 600%. Um, it's, wow. It's an incredible company. And we, you know, we've passed on deals. We've passed on deals that weren't the right deals for us because mm-hmm. we thought there was somebody better. I've experienced that firsthand with you. I think <laughs> the first time I met you, I was bringing one of my clients to you to team on a deal. And, you know, big, important client. And you were like, nope. It's not hard. Not in our swim lane. But, it's but hard to make those decisions. And I yeah. haven't always made the right ones, right? We, we make mistakes. And there's some I'd love to go back and not. <laughs> um, actually, we want to deal um, just today that... Congratulations. Um, thank you. The, custom, the, the customer, the contracting officer was sharing with me that she said, I not only called every one of Net Impact's references, but I called all of the ones I could find that were not given to me. Um, really? And she said, I couldn't find a contracting diligence. officer that could tell me something bad about Net Impact. Wow. And I was, but you have to be proud of what you do. Absolutely. And you have to be proud of the company you work for. And, and I really am. And I think anyone that knows me sees that um, genuine shine and, and yes. excitement around the company. Yeah. You know, we don't have a big name behind us that's on the stock exchange or um, funded by huge PE, but, mm-hmm. but we care. Mm-hmm. And you'll always make your way to the top of the organization, no matter who the customer is, with mm-hmm. any question or, or escalation, because we want you to be happy. Yeah, and see, that's the common thread, right? Because you mentioned that in the hiring of your people, wanting to retain them. But equally, the uh, common thread is that you do that with your customers, too. Like, your customers are loyal. Oh, absolutely. You want your customers to be around a long time. Because everyone says, oh, yeah, get to know your customer. But clearly, you guys are practicing what you preach here. We've been at Defense Health and National Cancer Institute since 2009. My goodness. Um, And that was the year the company was founded. And so we've had customers that continue to come back to us for what's important to them, to make them successful and to make make their efforts successful. Um, You know, we got a new CEO. How many CEOs would come and be willing to replace themselves. Yeah. And she went out and found the best there is. And he came in and evaluated who we were and made his own opinions. And, yes. and since then, we've become a ServiceNow Elite partner. Wow. Um, we're set to become the largest um, you know, ServiceNow um, in, the pro- in the product store. Sorry, I'm like fumbling now. <laughs> um, and we're, we're teamed up with Microsoft this coming year. You're going to see some really big things this coming out of Microsoft. Um, we just built an app uh, called Security Armor on Power Platform. Okay. This is going to change the way um, agencies manage their ATOs. So we're doing really big things yeah. and important work that, that we can all be proud of and go out and tell everybody what we're doing. 
Go Net Impact Strategies Yay! and go Stephanie Wilson. Thank you. Folks, uh, I think we can all agree that this is the truest of hustle stories. Um, Stephanie, your authenticity, I, this, this is such an enormous breath of fresh air. I hope you realize that. Thank you. Sometimes when you are that person, you're just like, oh, well, everyone's like this, but they're not. And I think that uh, the listeners and viewers of this episode are really, really going to benefit from Thank your you. candor. Thank you I so much. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Great having you on. Thank you. <laughs> 